Last night we were challenged about our prayer lives, and if there's ever a particular area that we probably all can work in and always can use improvement, more time at, is in our praying. Hopefully on the way in, you should have received a Christ Walk journal, and Dr. Van Gelden will spend some time telling you a little bit about that. I'm just very thankful for how he's led his church and many other churches that he's been invited to preach in, in this particular endeavor. So tonight, without further ado, we want to give pre- preachers as much time as possible tonight to preach the word, to help us tonight. Pastor Van Gelden, we're so thankful for your ministry to come and preach the word of God to us. Amen? Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, amen. It's great to see you on a Tuesday night. I'm glad that you are here and you have taken the effort. And it does take effort to get here throughout the week. Uh, but I am so thankful for the privilege to get to speak to you day after day here. And our heart is to see God do some transformation in our lives. I'm thankful for what God's been doing in my life. Now, we did last night look at the critical matter of genuine intercessory prayer and prayer that will make a difference and how we really are not having the victory that we ought to have many times. And we, tonight, are going to look at how can we have the victory, just some practical ways to, to look at things. One thing I've learned over the years, and your pastor would say the same thing, is that even though you've preached different topics and you've gone over things, even though you think your people know something, a lot of times you find out didn't quite get it. I mean, I found that over and over, and I haven't gotten it. I mean, that's just the way it is. Reminds me of when uh, uh, my little, my youngest son, Daniel, he was here a couple of years ago, just a little two-year-old boy. He was downstairs with my wife, and they were doing some cleaning out, you know how it is, and uh, spring cleaning. And my father-in-law uh, sold novelties on the side. He was a fireman. And so we just had a lot of stuffed animals, and my wife was wanting to try to clear that out. So in one corner, there's all these stuffed animals, and there was this one huge tropical bird. I mean, it multicolored, just, I'm not exaggerating, it was that big. Well, it had been covered up, and little Daniel had never seen that thing. It was bigger than he was. He was, whoa, what is that? I mean, he was just mesmerized by it. And so my wife said, well, son, this is a parrot. And he says, oh, a parrot. Ah, children, obey your parrots. (laughs) I I thought I had done a great job in teaching him uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. But anyway, we had to go back and redefine the terms. So uh, tonight we're not going to take anything for granted. We're going to... Just walk through elements that come from the model prayer, which we call the Lord's Prayer. I'm not going to be looking at that tonight, but I would encourage you, after you have gone into this hour with God, realize that every component of it comes out of the Lord's Prayer. It's a wonderful study, and we often forget that prayer has many different elements to it, as defined by the Lord Jesus himself. Now, folks, we are in desperate need of prayer. Prayer has led to every great great outpouring of the Spirit of God, the first great awakening. The second great awakening was preceded by several years of concerts of prayer across this nation, and in 1800, God exploded forth with a 40-year revival, a 40-year revival. Things died down a little bit, and then the Fulton Street prayer meeting in New York City began, and God began to work. One hundred years later, 1960, was reported in a little byline in the New York Times, the Fulton Street prayer meetings have closed down. No one really noticed that. Well, you think about it, from the 1960s on, so much of what we have seen, I think, can go directly back to the fact that in many ways, God's good people have not made prayer the central part of their lives. Folks, if we're going to see God work, we have got to pray. When uh, Jonathan Goforth, the great missionary, wanted to go up and see 
And he went into the northern part of China, and one of the greatest revivals that has ever taken place took place there. And by the way, that's still continuing on, even today. Hudson Taylor told him those famous words, All right, if you're going to enter that province, brother, you must go forward on your knees. And we need to go forward on our knees. If you'll turn with me just for a moment to Mark chapter 14 and stand with me, we're going to read just two verses here as a starting place here this evening. As we get into some practical teaching, Mark chapter 14, we'll begin with verse 37. This is what we referred to last night when the Lord Jesus was literally agonizing in prayer. Not my will, but thine be done. Three of his disciples that had chosen to be close to him, he had, they were, they were close to him in this prayer time, and he comes back to them, and he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepeth thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Friends, the greatest spiritual battle in your life is prayer. You don't realize it, but you've been attacked more in this area and been distracted and kept from prayer more than anything else. Satan also attacks soul winning in much the same way. You can actually read your Bible and not have near the attack. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Lord, we need your help tonight. I pray that you will just stir us as to the reality of prayer and the fact that we can do it by your grace. It's not through our power, but it's through your power. Now, Lord, as we look at how to pray an hour, would you just open our minds and hearts and encourage us, Lord, do a real work in every life. Lord, may no one be left behind here tonight. Would you work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Lord Jesus said... If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Folks, if we'll pray, God will do the impossible. But if we don't, he won't. We live in a world intoxicated with what is possible. Man knows more than ever. Man can do more than ever. In an explosion of digital capabilities, man dreams and sees and feels more than ever before. Yet, there is one line that what is possible can never cross. One limitation before which mankind must always bow. What is possible comes to a screeching halt before the reality of what is impossible. Every day, we are surrounded by impossibilities. A health crisis that has no medical answer. A broken relationship unsolved for years. A habitual sin that torments the conscience. A barren life marked by fear and ingratitude. A discouraged man or woman of God. A church unrevived. A city unreached. A nation unrepentant. A rebel world abandoned to the eternal flame of God's wrath, as hopes for what's possible lie shattered in the despair of what's impossible. Believers must awaken to the one whom they serve, the God of the impossible. He boldly challenges us, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Is there anything too hard for me? When we are defined By what is possible, we depend on and ultimately worship ourselves. But when we are defined by what's impossible, we discover the full glories of our God and manifest His truth to a world corrupted and enslaved by its own inventions. What then is the key to the impossible? Ask. What code unlocks the yet unknown deliverance? Just Ask. The God of the impossible declares ye have not, because ye ask not. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. 
We as believers have lived long enough by what is possible. Forget what is possible. It is time for God's people to embrace the God of the impossible and ask on bended knee. Everyone who's a believer here tonight has the privilege to go to the God who can do the impossible. He has called us to believe Him, as we've said now for several services, to do greater works. He told us that we were to go to the entire world, to every people group, and preach the gospel. And in one generation, they did it in the, in the New Testament era. And my friends, in this generation, God wants Heritage Baptist Church to be part of a mighty move in this area and around the world. But it's impossible with man. But it's not impossible with God. If you will take your booklets that you were given, we have what we call Christ Walk Journals. And this is just a portion of that, that uh, your pastor was good... Uh, very gracious to put together here so that you could have these. And there are three weeks' worth of diary in them. But I would like you to go right to the very first page here, the very first page, Spending an Hour with God. And uh, and I will be, will be going down this. This will be our outline to look at the keys to praying an hour I don't know about you, but many people think praying an hour, that just seems like a really hard thing to do. Now remember, it is a spiritual exercise, but did you know that when you learn to pray, an hour is not enough time? It's not enough time. And when you get a hold of these little elements, major elements, uh, talking about little pieces of time, you're going to realize that everything we're going to talk about tonight could be expanded. But if you keep them within that time period, you will be praying an hour, and I promise you that an hour will go more quickly than any other portion of your life because you're entering into the presence of Almighty God. It's a wonderful thing uh, to get a hold of that. Now, let me say this here at the beginning before I go into an explanation. You say, Pastor Van Gelder, you don't know my schedule. I mean, an hour is just, that is really radical. I remember when God really impressed upon my heart several years ago that I needed to challenge our people with an hour. I, I honestly was a little nervous myself. I started with my deacons, and every one of them took the challenge. And they soon told me, keep on, preacher. This has changed our lives. My staff all of my administrative staff, all of the faculty, all of the support staff. And uh, we had to work through for a while but that God began to change their lives. Introduced it to the whole church like I'm doing tonight, except in a longer fashion. And the whole church began to make a commitment. And now I unapologetically want to tell you, Jesus is worthy of an hour every day. Amen. Folks, all of the heartache... All of the emptiness, all of the barrenness, all of the lack of power goes back to our rushing into a day without meeting with God. The kindest thing I can do, the most important thing I can do, other than pointing you to Christ for salvation and to the Word of God for your basis for faith, is to encourage you to take the radical, sacrificial step of not convenient prayer, but sacrificial one-hour prayer, minimally. And I know, if you're really honest, that's going to make a difference in your lifestyle. But folks, we have the time. There's always enough time to do the will of God. The reason I've gotten pretty bold about this, and the reason I love this, is that, you know, you really have to surrender to the Lord to spend an hour. Do you realize surrendering to the Lord is a good idea? Okay, so, in fact, you'll not keep an hour a day if you're not surrendered. And it will be one of the great guards in your life. Another thing is that uh, going through the motions of an hour of God, a prayer every day cannot continue on unless you're spirit-filled. 
abiding in Christ, these things that we have talked about. And so you will realize every morning as you start that hour, I need God. And as you take that time with the Lord, you stay on a pathway that is constantly moving forward and upward, and this kind of spiritual life begins to end. You know that you're going to meet with God. Another thing is that if you're going to remain faithful in this discipline, you're going to have to make hard choices with your discretionary time. Technology has killed us in this regard. I challenged our folks the very first time we made a commitment to take an hour a day. I said, I think the best place you're going to find the time is to shut down on a lot of the use of technology. We have to use it. It's critical for a lot of things we do. But there's a lot of time wasted. Folks, you will find an hour in your day, I promise you. In fact, if you will shut down unnecessary time and give it to the Lord, especially with technology, you'll begin to realize how distracted you are and how glorious it is to get now focused, and your day will flow much better and you will accomplish much more. Now, a very simple little thing. If you're going to get up to spend an hour with God, you have to go to bed earlier. How many are millennials here? Did you hear me? Got to go to bed early. You guys don't think it's even nighttime till it's midnight. All of us older folks, man, we get to thinking about bed a lot earlier, okay? But you're going to have to... And by the way, you you will get to bed earlier, again, if you control your use of technology and really pare down entertainment in your life. By the way... Is a one-hour TV program more important than a one-hour with God Almighty? I mean, that's what you have to just realize. And you will feel better, by the way, going to bed earlier. So, But I won't get into that. And so it really gets down to the fact, do we love the Lord Jesus with all of our heart? My friends, I now boldly say, this is something that will change your life, and that's something you'll never be sorry for if you will give Jesus an hour a day. All right? Now, keeping that in mind, let's just talk about how do we do this. And there's different ways. Again, we're just following the pattern of the model prayer, and having worked on this now for several years, this is what we commend to you here on this page, spending an hour with God. The first five minutes... You're coming into the presence of the Lord. Do you ever find yourself when you first start praying, your mind's going all over the place? And so the first thing you need to pray is, Spirit of the living God, empower me spiritually to be able to pray. It's the first thing I prayed this morning. Lord, I can't do this without you. And enable me to praise and worship you with all of my heart. Glory in God's unique greatness. You'll notice in the back of the book, in this matter of worship and praise, you will find some of the attributes of God listed out. In our actual notebook, we have more than what's back there. But it gives you an idea of what to look at. Think about the greatness of our God. Our God is the Creator, the Mighty God. He's the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, the Almighty Sovereign, the God of Majesty, the God of Providence. Our God uh, is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He is the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. He's the altogether lovely one, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the rose of Sharon, the balm and Gilead. He is our good shepherd. What a shepherd he is. He's our rock, buckler, shield, defender. He is our fortress, high tower, our hiding place. He is our foundation, our cornerstone. He's my friend. He's my savior. He's my guide. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my redeemer. He's a God of peace. He's a God who provides. He's a God of wrath. He's a wonderful counselor. He's my comforter. He is the true vine. He is the way, the truth, and the life, the door. On and on I could go. He is uh, immutable. 
He is eternal, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, holy, righteous, pure, full of wisdom and knowledge, completely faithful. I've just begun, folks, on our God. Isn't it good just to stop right now and just talk about that? My heart got stirred just trying to remember all of those here. And uh, that five minutes, I've had so many people tell me that has revolutionized their prayer life. Most of us know we need to praise the Lord at the beginning. But if you will go down those attributes, that those sheets deal with it a little bit differently than I did there. But I'm telling you, by the time I finish that five minutes, my heart is just lifted. What have I been worrying about? I've got the Almighty God as my friend and my Savior. And your heart begins to get stirred. You get your eyes off of all the things around you. And, and the anxiety begins to melt. And the Spirit of God can get a hold of your heart. And then waiting on God. And by the way, notice that in the section here, it, there's a diary for every day. And I would encourage you that you write down how God impressed your heart. You notice the box there that is uh, colored in. That's the one on waiting on God. And so they're going to continue to put up those diary sheets that you have here. And uh, so I, uh, this morning I just wrote in all of this. And it's and I go back to how God dealt with me on such and such a day, and there it is, my interaction with God Almighty. It's a wonderful thing. Many of you may diary already in your prayer time, but this is a wonderful, simple way to do it. Now, waiting on God, focus on your relationship with God. Be still and know that I am God. And I have taught our people, there's different ways you can just wait on the Lord. But I have encouraged our folks to meditate on the Father and on the Son and on the Holy Spirit. And that has been a great blessing for me. And expect to meet with the Lord. When you praise the Lord with the attributes in the first five minutes, now you take this into a personal being still and begin to let God speak to you. Do you realize that prayer is a two-way street? You have a genuine, in your spirit, relationship with your God. And this is very important to quiet your heart before Him. Now, you see there on the screen, we have material to help you with the matter of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, to meditate on the Father is just a tremendous uh, reality. Uh, How you cannot be plucked out of His hand. And uh, he's every good gift comes from the Father, and I think of all that He's done, and and uh, and how the Lord Jesus said, "Not my will, but Thine be done to the Father." And uh, just a wonderful the the joy of trusting my heavenly Father, and then the Savior. What can you say? Start meditating on what He's done for you. Do you realize that He lives in the ever present now? He still still feels the suffering for you like he did before. He's fully involved. He's touched with the feelings of your infirmities. I can't tell you how many times when I get to this portion of waiting on the Lord that I, I can't help but break down sometimes when I think of what a Savior I have. Now, it's all right for you. You don't look for emotion, but it's all right for you to really wait on the Lord. Right now, he's here with us. Did you know that? Two or three are gathered together. Spirit of God will manifest him to you. It's wonderful. We ought to meditate on him. Don't you think he deserves us just loving him? Thanking God for him. Thanking the Father. And then the Spirit of God. We don't think about all that he is. He he shall receive power. The Holy Spirit. He is uh, the God of wisdom. He is the Spirit of prayer. He is the one that enables us to pray. He communes with us, Second Corinthians 13. He uh, convicts us. Thank the Lord for that. Uh, he seals us. He has uh, um, regenerated us. He has given us the revelation of the Word of God. He illumines truth to us. You start going down those. Aren't you thankful for spiritual gifts? Aren't you thankful for the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. These are great aspects of what I have. A couple of days ago, it just thrilled me when I thought of all that I have just in the fruit of the Spirit alone. These truths that get too common come alive when you pray about them. All of a sudden, they, they get refreshed. Just all of a sudden, they come back into full color. 
in your mind and heart, and the Spirit of God will say amen. And so there's just something about letting the reality of your triune God mean much to you. That ten minutes ago, you've already gone past a lot of times how much time you've prayed, and you haven't really got down to asking anything yet. Now, the next five minutes, you'll notice confession of sin. We all know that that should be part of our prayer life. Allow God to convict of sin specifically and receive the full cleansing, thus allowing you into his presence. You might say, Pastor Van Gelderen, don't you think we ought to confess sin first? Wouldn't you think that? Well, two reasons important for us to worship and praise God and wait on the Lord. Number one is that we need to realize that we have a God that is able to forgive sin. And that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's big enough to do it, and he did what needed to be done on the cross for that to happen. You see, when you finish confession of sin, you need to claim the clean heart, and that needs to be gone. And you need to have your heart free. So it's very important to, to, to realize that God means what he says. The other aspect is, when you meditate ten minutes on the Lord, your heart gets sick about any sin that's there. And that really needs to be dealt with. And I'm telling you folks, it's wonderful to let God take the layers of self and expose it. And in the back again of the book there, there are some Oswald Smith's, uh, uh, some of the ideas uh, that he has, different sins that you can remember and, and go over. I have a whole, frankly, sheet of, of areas that I go over, it takes me a lot of times past five minutes, about eight minutes or so, just to make sure I'm not, I'm not trying to be introspective. I just want to deal with sin and let God work in my heart. All right, now this is exciting. You're focused on God, not on yourself, and now you have freedom about the matter of sin. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? I mean, life gets good at this point, folks. Now, there's one other area, though, that you need to deal with. The next section is spiritual warfare. All right, victory over your flesh is because of what Christ has done for you. But there is still one who's going to endeavor to bring you down. But I got good news for you that he is a defeated foe. And this is a very, very important truth here. And we can take our stand against the Lord. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Having spoiled principalities and powers, Jesus uh, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in, in, it, in the cross. Uh, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And if raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and go back to chapter 1, who is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world which is to come, and has put all things under his feet and given him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. My friends, submitting ourselves to God is saying, Lord, we're on your side. We agree with you. We've confessed our sin. We take our place in the heavenlies because of our union with Christ. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We claim the filling by the Spirit of God. And at that point, in the name of Jesus, we resist the devil for our lives, for our families, for this church. Listen, if everybody here would take their stand against the evil one and go to the Father about that, based upon the promises of God's Word for this local body of believers, it's pretty powerful. And I'm telling you, when Satan is not doing any blinding, the light shines brightly. Haven't you seen times like that when you've really prayed as a church? And it's just amazing what happens in a service. It's just like everything is crystal clear. Because Satan's not there. That's what happened at Pentecost. They had prayed for the ten days and, and Satan didn't have any hold on that crowd. And it was, and three thousand who had been in opposition came to know the Lord as Savior. That's what happens when you pray. We can pray, uh, even for our community. 
God placed Heritage Baptist Church in East Bay Area and all for this entire area, and you can ask God to, to win a great victory over the evil one. Twenty minutes already. Man, you've hardly gotten started. I'm serious. I mean, and guess, guess what's happening? You're getting pretty serious about prayer. You notice how we don't have intercession for a little while because you want to be really on praying ground when you get to intercession. The next five minutes, and I'm going to move quickly here, is a matter of claiming promises. Now, I wish I had more time on this. Recall the promises of Scripture that God has quickened in your heart. Stand by faith on the ground God has given you. The more you pray the more God will quicken Scripture to your heart and give you confidence about uh, the area that you are praying about. And you will get a hold of the fact that God has heard me, therefore, according to 1 John chapter 5, He is going to answer my prayer. Write that verse down. Stay on that ground till you see the answer and then keep repeating it after you get the answer, thanking God for, for what He has done. I'm telling you, I don't care what I'm going through. I get to number five, and I've got pages of promises that God has given to me. My heart begins to soar. Again, if we had a little more time, I'd have some of you just give me a verse that God gave you confidence, and he answered prayer because of that verse. And just you quoting that verse would change your heart tonight. God met with you. The Word of God became real. That's something that you claimed. So that list needs to be growing as you pray. Now we get to intercession. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Not a long time, but it will be a very powerful time, and oftentimes this goes far longer for me. But you can pray here about... Uh, the, the needs of others, your family, your class connections, of course, is our own language here. The top five, we constantly encourage our folks to have five to ten people they're praying for all the time, every day, uh, that to be saved. And then you add somebody else in once somebody gets saved in the whole church. And we have all of our Sunday school classes pray for one another's top five. And I'm telling you, miracles happen all the time in seeing people saved. Uh, that's one of the things that is there. But your family, the needs in your home, I take the first five minutes and, and deal with people I'm praying for outside of my family and the, my needs, and then I deal with my needs and my family. But there's a number of different ways that you can do that. In the back, again, are different listings. You have probably some good material here at the church on how to have a prayer list. I want to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you have a very thorough prayer list? That's carefully updated. That's very important. I can't tell you the answers, the multiple answers to prayer that happens all the time when you are faithful in seeking God and agonizing in prayer for the people that God has put into your life. Keep record of those you witness to. Keep a record of those you talk to, your work associates. I'm telling you, when we get a hold of God, Satan has to be... He has to move back. Conviction can come in, and that's when you see great miracles in people being reached. And as Epaphras prayed in Christians, standing perfect in Christ Jesus in all the will of God. And so that's, that's what we, lot, uh, we think of as prayer. But let me just say, with 25 minutes of meeting with God, by the time you get to intercession, you're believing that God's going to do it. I mean, your heart is stirred. You're excited. In fact, when you finish that, you absolutely expect that God's going to work. By the way, He's pleased, and we believe that He will. How many times do we pray, pray, well, I hope God does something. Oh, this is just a mess. I doubt it. That's not faith-filled prayer, folks. You get a hold of God on these matters. Maybe a wayward child. You get a hold of God on a hard situation, and your heart has been stirred for 25 minutes to believe in the greatness of your God you're going to begin to see God do miracles. He will do the impossible. Next five minutes, thanksgiving. Thank the Lord specifically for His working in response to your prayer. Folks, we've got to thank God. It's one of the most encouraging times. I just fill that section up. I go through every part of the day before and just all the little things that God does for me. Uh, Part of this is very important 
thank him for the trials that you went through too. And that will get you off the ground of potential bitterness and truly trusting in the Lord. That five minutes is glorious. Thanksgiving. Then the next ten minutes is meditation and discovery. As you are going through your Bible reading, and I trust you have a good plan, uh, you may have one as a church, I don't know, take a section of that and pray your scripture to God. Go over the section of prayer, and you can go over a chapter or two or whatever, and take ten minutes, and instead of just reading your Bible, you are talking to God about it. You're interacting with the Lord. That's when the Scripture becomes alive. That's how God speaks to us. And you're looking for God to give you direction and to convict you in areas so that you can grow every day. That ten minutes is just glorious. Now, I want you to notice, if you'll throw up the, um, the uh, sheet there, there is uh, w- what I encourage folks to do is, as you're going through your chapter or two and you're meditating that ten minutes ago very quickly, asking the Spirit of God to work in your heart, find a verse that God directly deals with you. And I rarely have ever struggled having a verse that God has dealt with me about or just enlightened me, or encouraged me with, or whatever, and write the the verse out word for word in the King James Version. You say, do I need to do that? You'll be amazed how we don't register every word when we're reading. Write it out. Then rewrite it in your own perspective as God dealt with you about it. Your own, uh, just uh, how God's worked in your heart. That rewriting of it makes you think. A lot of times I'll look up words quickly as I'm going along. And by the time I finish, wow. And then, if you'll notice in the next section we'll talk about in just a minute, listening, it talks about an I will statement. And if you'll go back to the pages there, right below it is that listening, and it says my I will statement. Let's say that uh, you just read something about do good to them that do evil to you. And God just strikes your heart. Somebody came to mind. And so, even though you're still in that 10-minute section, you drop down to that section that you can see there in the box. I will take a pie to Susie's house. (laughs) Don't just give a general, I will be nice. Okay, no, that's not going to work. And I'm telling you, That gets this matter of prayer and Bible reading very dynamic. Or I I haven't given a track out in five days. I will at least give one, if not more tracks out today. God deals with you specifically. Or maybe God speaks to you as a husband. I will do this for my wife today. And it's, it's glorious. And guess what happens? Whenever God stirs you about something, he'll give you the power to do it. And you will just get so encouraged in your life. And you notice on the other side it says, share. Tell somebody how God talked to you. Did you know one of the best ways to start soul winning with somebody is, you know, in my Bible reading this morning, God, God taught me this. And this is, uh, and I, God had really convicted me about this and talk about, about that to a workmate or someone. And they're very interested that God's actually got a relationship with you. And a lot of our people have led people to Christ just through sharing. So let's look at listening here. Let God show you steps to take to obey his word and his leadership in prayer. That five minutes, I have had messages come to light. I have had people that I should talk to. By the way, when you're interceding and then you get to this section, God's going to start telling you, you need to give this person a phone call. You need to go see this person. You need to text this person. You need to do this or that. And it's just wonderful. Your heart is so open to God's leadership in your life. And then finally, praise and singing. End your time by saying, God, you're going to do what we've talked about. I know that. And I praise you for your goodness. And end with praise. And then... Take the last few minutes and sing. That is glorious. doesn't matter whether you sound very good or not. This is your time to have a solo, folks, okay? Did you know God's going to love it? God sings. I can't wait to hear him sing. That's what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit is the one that enables us to sing. 
And when the Holy Spirit's in control of your life, by the way, when you finish that hour, if you've had a genuine hour, you're filled with the Spirit. You're going to walk out into your day with God in control. You're going to be abiding in Christ. You are going to have that connection to the vine. And so when you're singing, it's going to be the very voice of God that you hear. And I'm telling you, uh, it just, I don't know, it just gets so good right at this point. You just get, and even make up a song. Just keep it theologically sound, okay? And uh, make sure it's not worldly. That's all I ask. Uh, uh, but, I mean, just have a good time. And you'll say, an hour? In fact, I've had so many of our folks say, you know, I, I, I can't do it less than two hours when I, if I have the time. And you'll find that when you have a little more time to enjoy God. Did you know God made you for Him? And He wants to meet with you. Not just getting stuff from Him. Just getting to know Him. Let Him... Let him work in your heart. Let him meet needs. Let him teach you. Be still and know that I'm God. Now, folks, I went through that very quickly. But here's what we're going to do. We have a few minutes here tonight. We're going to practice what we preach. That's why you have those booklets there. We're going to stay right here. And the ushers must lock the doors. Okay? <laughs> you notice I'm a little dogmatic about this. I want you to learn to pray. We won't go past time. We can't do the whole hour. Don't worry. But I'm going to ask you just to stay right where you are. If you want to move to a seat a little bit away, if you feel a little crowded, but just stay right where you are. And in just a moment, just individually, quietly to yourself, don't pray out loud to distract anyone else. You just pray and and start taking each of those sections, using in the back of the booklet the different helps that are connected with these. They're in in order. The first six or so have helps that can be a help to you. I just want you to get a sense of it tonight. We'll go through a few of the sections tonight as the Lord leads. And what I will do is, let's say, let's move on to the next section on waiting on God. All right, it's time now to go to confession. And I may give you a couple of reminders as we go. I just want you to get a sense of going to God. So here we got Heritage Baptist Church going to prayer. Isn't that great? And uh, we got a chance right now to go to the throne room of God. And you say, well, I don't know if I'm really ready. That's the whole point. Okay, we're going to get you through the confession part. We're going to be a little past that. And I may not go a full five minutes. I will just go as the Lord leads. And so, and by the way, if you will, will follow and go to the next section, even if you're doing well in that section, let's keep moving, okay? And I just want you to get a taste of it to let the Lord work. You ready to go to the Lord? He's ready for you tonight. So right now, let's start with praise and worship. Get out your, open up to the very first Monday here, or uh, on this, uh, she, or I'm sorry, we'll just say Tuesday, uh, in this diary. Have that open. Make sure you write down in each section something that God has touched your heart about. And we'll get through several of these here. And let's ask God a word. Now, Lord, Spirit of God, would you enable us to pray? I've gone through this quickly, but, Lord, you can help these folks. They have a heart to serve you. And, Lord, give them just a taste tonight of what could happen and how that their lives could be genuinely anchored in a prayer life. So help us now, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Section, after God has shown you something, and meditate on who the Lord is and what He means to you, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and and, uh, be still and know that He's God. Let's let the Spirit of God really open our hearts here. He will forgive. And uh, just be very specific with the Lord now. Let's move now to spiritual warfare. And I would encourage you to look at the verses in the back there on that section. Christ has won the victory. You stand on that ground. And through through the grace of God, you ask God to resist the devil in these areas and believe that God will do it because of what he has done. The next section is the promises. What I'd like you to do is just to take a minute right now and take one promise that has meant something to you, 
where you've had victory in the past or where God has worked, and then take the next five minutes and focus on intercession for several people that you are burdened for and get a hold of God. Let's now agonize in prayer for the final few minutes. Here is uh, uh, we want to see God work. So think of people, think of people that are uh, dear to your heart or God has given to you. So claim a promise. We would normally spend five minutes on that, but then move right into the next few minutes and let's uh, intercede for those that God puts on our hearts. And God's people said, Amen. All right, I interrupted you. I could tell you were going after it with some folks. That's good. Now, that was a very shortened version, but I trust it'll give you a little taste of the different elements of prayer. There's a lot of good stuff left in that hour of prayer, and I trust that that will be just a help and a guide to you. Let me just give you a final verse here, and then I'm going to end with a challenge for all of us. You remember we gave the first six verses of uh, John chapter 15 as our challenge on Sunday night. Well, we all know the seventh verse says, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it might be done unto you. No, that's not what it says. It shall be done. But do you notice, what do you have here? Abiding, remaining. That's what we were doing. We were allowing the reality of our relationship with God to be very real. And his word abide in us. That's what we would have done had we had more time to go through and let the Word of God just deeply work in our hearts. And the Bible says, if we will do that, if uh, His words abide in us, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done. Folks, I can't explain to you the joy of finishing an hour with God and knowing God's going to work. God's going to work. And He will work. My friends, God is not held back. He's only held back by our unbelief. God wants us to pray. Well, our invitation tonight is going to be a little different than than most. Um, ushers, if you would come, we have a, some of you got them in your uh, booklets there, but most of you did not. There is a prayer commitment that I would like to urge you to to make tonight. I know this is dear to the heart of your pastor. It's certainly dear to my heart. We can talk about revival. We can talk about abiding in Christ. We can talk about all these things, but it will not, it will not happen without God's people making prayer the heartbeat of their life. And let me just say, the commitment I'm going to ask you to make will be one of the most serious, difficult, and embattled decisions that you will make, but it will be life-changing, I promise you, if you are willing to do it. So I'm going to go over this with you, and I'm going to give you a moment to meditate on this, and here's what this card simply says as they're passing it out. I'll go over it for time's sake here. Over the next three weeks, I commit to spend at least one hour each day with God in prayer using the Christ Walk Journal. There are three weeks' worth of diary in there. Prayer journal. I will eliminate any technology or other distractions that would hinder that from happening. In other words, I'll eliminate wasted time. I'm not going to let any, I didn't say you're eliminating technology, it's just that I'm going to do whatever it takes to have an hour in which I'm undistracted in meeting with God. Now here's my commitment to you. If you will follow the Lord, and you are willing to make that commitment. And that's a big commitment. I'm not being light about that. But if you'll make that commitment, here's my commitment to you. On Sunday night, coming up here, I will pass these cards out. That's why we ask for your information. That's all we use it for. I will pass these cards out to my church those that are willing to pray, and I know I will have enough to cover. They will pray with you for the next three weeks that you have victory. And then they will contact you by email, text, or might phone you. 
I hope they'll remember and just say, how you doing? And uh, we've done it for them, and they've done it for many others. It's really good for our people because that keeps them right on the hour with God themselves. So we'll keep that commitment to you, and uh, we would uh, like to seriously help you. How's that for a deal? Okay? So uh, let's just take a moment, bow your heads, and just ask God. I don't want to make this a light matter because this is going to be a matter of spiritual uh, battle. But it is a glorious thing to get into our hearts and lives an extended time with God. So let's take a moment just to meditate on this. And go ahead and fill this out if, if you are willing to make that commitment. Now, Lord, help these dear folks. Would you give real victory even now? Lord, these decisions will make a difference for souls, families, lives for years to come if we follow through by your grace. We can't do it, but you can. Now, Lord, would you give strength and, Lord, give uh, real victory in hearts now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What I'd like us to do is the pianist here. Uh, all right. If you would just play what I'd like to do, our invitation will be simply this. You notice the little basket that the ushers placed there on the stand. And if you did fill this out and you mean business for God and would like to do this commitment, as the piano plays, I would encourage you just to walk to the front, place your card in that, then I'll receive those uh, later here. And uh, this will be our invitation. It's just a good old-fashioned invitation. But if uh, you are serious about altering your life so that for these next three weeks, three weeks is doable, that you're going to be consistent every day, whatever it takes, whenever you can do it, you're going to do it. And you're going to spend that hour with God. If you mean business, then I would invite you to come and place your card in the basket. Here as the piano plays. Father, I thank you tonight for the members and uh, here of Heritage Baptist Church, uh, friends for a lifetime, people that we co-labor and share the work of the Lord in. And these are, these are busy people, and they're good people. But tonight, Lord, we have taken up a challenge this evening that's a very serious one. Jesus said to Peter, could you not watch with me one hour? He said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. I'm so thankful tonight that, Lord, we receive very practical and godly and biblical direction on how to pray. How to invest an hour daily in prayer. And, Father, I pray for every commitment that was made tonight. I pray, Lord, for the spiritual fortitude that's necessary to keep it. To designate that appointment time with God, maybe more than once during the day. I pray that you deliver us as a church from falling into the trap of vain repetitions in our praying. And falling into the trap of just going through the motions when God is not motions that you're looking for, but the real heart. And learning, Lord, what Paul said to pray without ceasing, and learning how to enter into the presence of God and praying for one another, and seeing how prayer is the key that unlocks heaven's door, that moves the hand of God, that stirs God's heart on our behalf. And Father, tonight I pray for power that we don't have. I pray, Lord, Lord God, for liberty we need to see. I pray for the advancement of your gospel message. I pray, Lord, the hardest of sinners would be saved in the weeks to come. I pray, Father, for God, impossible situations be possible because all things are possible to him that believeth. Lord, tonight, you as a God of peace, you promised that you'd bruise Satan under our feet shortly. And God, tonight we ask because of your power and through striving together in prayer that Satan would be bruised. Lord, I pray this evening we would see great mighty things that you'll do. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you know the thoughts that you think of us. And tonight, as we call upon you and seek you, Lord, move us with the holy stirring to all and for the glory of God. And we pray all these things, Lord, giving you the magnificence and honor, because you're God only wise, you're immortal, invisible. And Lord, tonight, as we acknowledge that, we give you glory and praise for what's been decided tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, Paul, when he wrote to the... 
to Timothy in the church at Ephesus, he said in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, something very important. He said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, first part of the church is to pray. That first of all, prayers and supplications, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men. And later on, he said, I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, without doubting. May God help us tonight to recognize that this conference and the preaching of God's Word, and tonight was just very just very nuts and bolts, very practical but necessary. It's something that can change our area and change our church. It's preparing us for what God would have us to do. The pastor and I have been spending a lot of time just sharing and talking about things, and, and I've shared a few things with him I've not shared with the church, just where I feel that the Lord is leading us and directing us to. My heart's heavy tonight that there's just a lot to be done, a lot more that can be done. And I trust that tonight that you'd recognize it's not about what we can do. Because God doesn't need us, but we need Him. And we'd recognize tonight that we, we need to call upon the God of heaven, the God of all creation, to work and do what He wants to do. There's, there are things God wants to accomplish through this church and through this individual. We'll just let Him tonight. I want to thank Pastor Van Gelder for tonight. That was a blessing, amen? Very helpful to us. And I hope that you don't... And do, do me a favor with this, this journal. There's a lot of prayer and many hours that were spent putting this together. This is not just something he put together. It took a lot of time and prayer and effort. And I, I, would, I would propose to you tonight that you'd find a spot on your desk or table, a very prominent, visible spot where this is going to be day in, day out. And uh, before you pray, you just take a moment to look at that. And I would extend it even further as part of your challenge for the next, the next three weeks. Every verse of Scripture that you read as you read your Bible that speaks about prayer, that's a promise on prayer, or somebody who's praying, record that on a separate piece of paper as, a, as something for you to refer back to. It'll help you. Every single thing he talked about today. Every single thing. If you get to praying and meeting business with God, you're just going to find this is just an automatic part of what goes on with your prayer life there. We must give emphasis to prayer. Ari Tori said, next to the Word of God, prayer is really the thing, the one thing God gives us that will help us in attaining holiness with God and learning to walk with the Lord. We must learn tonight that prayer is the main business. It's the key business of the Christian life there. And so, you know, that's, that's the secret to revival. That's how revival sustain. That's how revival continues on there tonight. And I encourage us, let's keep each other accountable. And uh, we will. We'll talk about that a little bit more and keep each other accountable in this area there. And not just going through the motion, well, I prayed. Well, what did you pray? You know, you can, you know hypocrites pray too. <laughs> and the heathen pray. And Jesus had to address that. And we have to remind ourselves that the, the more we spend time in the presence of God, the more we realize, man, I need God, and, and I'm, just, I'm unworthy in who I am, and we need more of his presence there. And so let's disclaim that, if we would, for tonight. Well, let's stand. It's been a good night. Amen? It's been a good night here tonight. And you call some folks like we're doing, and let's get some folks here tomorrow. It's going to be a great finale tomorrow night. And uh, we're looking forward to all the things God's going to do on our behalf. And uh, you just pray and ask God to work. Now, uh, on the way in, hopefully you received, uh, Pastor only had a limited number of uh, the track that he, that he wrote was that's the testimony of his son Wayne, who the Lord uh, miraculously healed of a brain tumor at two years of age. There are some of those tracks, if you see that, um, you know, get one, you can get one. Pray for us. I'm, I'm going to have someone overseas help me to translate that into Chinese, in Chinese and get that. We're going to have that printed and get it out, get that out, maybe even in Spanish here so we can get that. Do you have that in Spanish already? You damn spend me, we'll get it from you. We're going to get that translated Chinese so we can get that out to uh, way overseas and over here. So you pray for us about that and having that done there too. So it's been good tonight. Pastor Van Gelder will be down. If you want to shake his hand and get him to sign your Bible, it'll be a blessing. He'll just be here for a few minutes and then I, I need to pull him out. I've got to meet with the deacons with him and some other things we're going to do there. So anyway, let's close in prayer. We'll thank the Lord for tonight. Father, we give you thanks tonight for all that our ears have heard how you've touched our hearts and what you've done. A very, very unusual, different type of meeting tonight, but, Lord, one that we need greatly. It could be a very defining moment for all of us, Lord. And I pray tonight that we'll take, take charge. We'll let the Holy Spirit have control. You'll be glorified. Help us to get home safely. We pray, Lord, before we even put our heads on the pillow, that we'll take some time with God. Father, among our congregation, there are many here tonight who've got some very impossible situations. I pray their hearts encouraged that they can get hold of the God of heaven 
and seeing what great things you can do. Lord, I pray for the hardest of sinners to get saved. I pray for health trials going on right now that are very serious, that, God, you turn those health trials to naught. I pray that you'd show yourself strong as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And I pray for those without Christ, you'd show yourself real as the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. And as Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord who's our righteousness. Oh, God, in these things and so much more, manifest yourself, reveal yourself. Be pleased to work great works through us, we pray. And we'll thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.